I need y'all to know that <laughs> right around the end of this episode, mm-hmm. my son spilled an entire glass of ice water in my lap. I saw. Oh, yeah. Nicely saw. done. Um, and it was underneath my computer, and I almost had a fucking I conniption. I saw that. I saw. Wow. Well, my wow. pants are soaking wet <laughs> and cold. But not in a good way. I was about to say, I always thought I'd hear that in a different context. And yet, you know, I knew I'd hear it one day. <laughs> you know? I would prefer um. to say it in a different context, to be quite honest. <laughs> Welcome to that episode was We Are Popsicle. Today's episode of that episode was will be a deep dive into The Expanse Season 6, Episode 1, Stray Dogs. The Expanse is a series created by Mark Fergus and Hawk Ospie and run by Nareen Shankar. It's based on the book series of the same name written by James S.A. Corey, a pen name for writing team Daniel Abraham and to Ty Frank, who also work on the show. This episode was written by Nareen Shankar and directed by Breck Eisner. Now, we are chomping at the bit to get back to the crew of the Rossi. Yeah. Um, right? Right, everyone? God, it's been a long year. Um, but he, first, first, here's my, here's my little crew. Um, we got uh, Lisa K. Weber, artist of Hex 11. Good morning, Lisa. How good are you? Good morning. Hello. I'm fine. Thank you. Good, good. Uh, we've got uh, Kelly Sue Milano, uh, who's all amped up here. She is the writer of Hex 11. How are you doing today, Kelly Sue? Super good. Awesome. Uh, Justin Peniston, writer of Hunter Black and Sonic Prime on Netflix. Good morning, Justin Peniston. Good morning. Good morning. I am currently amping up, not amped up yet. Nice, Still nice. Caffeinating. I'm pretending to be amped up. Uh, Claire Thorne, you can check out her joyful website, which I just did last night, unexpectedhobby.com, and her book, A Geek's Guide to Cross Stitch. How are you, Claire? I'm very good. I'm excited to be back near the ring, but not going through it. Yeah, right. Myself, but we'll talk about that later. (laughs) Now, just a little background. We've done a series on The Expanse, all the other seasons, which you can check out over at the Fanbase Weekly called Through the Ring. Um, so if you want to hear all our thoughts on previous seasons, you can go there. Um, but, oh, I guess I should introduce myself. I'm Philip Kelly. Hi. Hi, everyone. Welcome uh, to our little our little podcast. Um, uh, we're entering now into uh, spoiler territory. This is your chance to go watch all of The Expanse if you need to and come back here for this discussion. Um, so this episode, uh, everyone is exhausted. <laughs> it's like they all went through the lockdown with us. Uh, everyone except for Marco and Aros, who feigns exhaustion when he's Handed a cup of coffee because winning a war is super hard. Um, the relief our team on the Rossi felt when they found their way together at the end of season five seems to have all but crumbled. Uh, Kamina Drummer is trying desperately to keep her family together. On Earth, Avastarala and Bobby Draper spend their time swatting away falling stars. Uh, so, there, I mean, there are a myriad of interesting places uh, here to dive in, but uh, we're going to start with the Rossi, where the lack of Alex was really felt. Um, uh, it's an immediate reminder that life and death in this show means something uh, as we go forward. And, uh, but I guess we'll just open it up. Did it feel good to be back on the Rossi? Uh, how do you think this family is holding up? How do you think they're doing uh, everyone? Um, uh, Kelly Sue. Um, I mean, I, I was, I was so excited to watch the episode. And then as I was watching, I was like, 
man. Yeah. This is rough. Um, understandably yeah. so, right? Yeah. Um, I definitely, I completely agree with being able to feel the the absence of Alex, even though, you know, we understand that we understand that absence from a story point and a life point. Um, but yeah, it was it was tough to just enter in after being so excited to see these characters to enter in on almost all of them just being like, I don't know if I can do it. And then of course, you know, well, we're not talking about Marco yet, but that being the one person who's energized, I was like, <laughs> which is probably like what they wanted, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It seems like they definitely wanted to start from a defeated place. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, I, I mean, especially after that little opening bit on Laconia, I was like, oh man, I'm so excited. Um, and then it was like, we're back on the Rossi and I'm like, yeah. And then, yeah, like exactly what Kelly Sue said. It was like, oh, bummer. <laughs> Everyone's so sad. Everyone's so defeated. As And I mean, like that makes perfect sense because yeah, at the end of the last season, there was this kind of reunion moment And, you know, there was this kind of, there seemed to be this kind of glimmer of hope before, you know, the Martians slash Free Navy or the rogue Martians and the slash Free Navy like took over the ring. Um, So we did really end the last season on this down note that it was easy to forget about because we were so excited to just see the show again. and then it was like, oh, yeah, remember, everything's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and I will say that um, I'm really excited that we've gotten to the part where um, um, Peaches is on the Rossi because mm-hmm. um, she and it's not that obviously like they even say on the show, she's not a replacement for Alex, um, but it's it's nice to have a, like a new dynamic on there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was noting also that it's, I know that like Holden is like the main character of this show, but um, I really feel like Naomi is. And um, I was really, I was really vibing with her and what she was feeling and going through in this episode a lot. Claire? I have spent much of this year trying to not think about The Expanse because I knew what was coming this year, the end of the book series and this final season and my, you know, being in my headspace and trying to conjecture what they're going to do with this season. It's just, yeah, it's, it's stressful. Um, and that's fine. And I've, I have finished the final book now. Um, I don't know if anybody else on the panel has, has started No. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to be able to talk now for the rest of the episode or this series. So I will see you at the, no, I'm just kidding. Hi Claire. Oh my God. Oh my God. Um, I am so excited. I'm so excited for this season and that's mostly, I don't know how to do this without being too foreshadowy, but I think it's obvious by the way they're doing this first episode. I'm really excited having this little snippet at the beginning of the episode um, with our little Laconian 
um, biologist, uh, uh, explorer. It, she's just delightful. Um, Whoever she may be. <laughs> no, she's just wandering or around. Who has read future books. Yeah. Wandering around <laughs> in a world where vines look like they're getting ready to reach out for you so that they can strangle you to death right there, but do it with, you know, you know, as an Instagram moment. I was uh, convinced she was about to get at I was, I was very too. nervous. I was, I was like, so very nervous. And that, that thing yes. showed its head and was like, I was like, this is way too Jurassic Park right now. I was right. like, oh, she <laughs> is whatever the hell that is food. Oh. It's so true. I was thinking like, oh no, is it like a proto goat? Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. It looks like, like a, a proto monster. It looks like a yeah. snake head to me, which mm -hmm. I- Same yeah. here. Yeah. Freaking yes, amazing. Yes. And then that pan back to this like, anonymous you know ring number blah 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 planet number whatever two and then laconia and i just don't know how to stress how putting that part of the story which is directly from one of the novellas that's an accompaniment to the main narrative called strange mm. dogs um it it just he, i'm grinning really big like it's all i it's it amazing. Just, it sounds like it sent your nerd heart a flutter. It made my nerd heart explode. And it's, it's super great anyway. Um, but yes, I, I, once again, I mean, we got two seconds into this season and I think going back and watching um, the final episode of season five is going to feel differently, right? Like when they're, I always felt that that scene at the end or have felt <clears throat> is a little bit odd because they've just experienced um, Alex, Alex's death. And then they're like partying it up and feeling kind of okay at the, you know, on the, uh, on Luna. And that's, that's fine. And, and I think this, this episode emphasizes that you have those moments when you're grieving, where you like pull it together. And especially after like a traumatic event where you're like, uh, you know, we survived that. And but those, th that's such a brief thing. It doesn't carry you anywhere after these moments. And I love that we're getting a parallel view of Naomi's dealing with PTSD and trauma um, the way we did with um, Holden after Eros. Like it just it ties together so well. And I'm sorry, but Kelly Sue just um, brought a protomolecule dinosaur, um, set one on her lap. It's, it's a plush one though. So that's okay. Um, is that for anyone listening? I am, my son is very active in this episode because I'm <laughs> with him by myself. Um, and he has a tendency to do this thing where he brings me all of his stuffed animals. Yes. Oh, so yes. That's what's going on. Oh, another. Oh, I won't say what the name of that one is, but it's great. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, uh, your thoughts on the on the Rossi coming back? Oh, this was a it was hard to watch in a good way. Mm -hmm. You know, um, watching uh, Naomi and freaking Amos go at each other mm -hmm. really hurt my heart you know um and it's you know this is a time of family it's the holidays you know like like you know you kind of want 
you know, that sort of that sense of togetherness and, you know, and it just, it was wounding almost, you know, like it really stood in stark contrast to what you want for the crew of the Rossi, you know, I mean, and, you know, and it did catch me by surprise, you know, like, of course it makes perfect sense, but in my head, you know, I, or I should say in my heart, I was, I wanted the welcome back moment. Do you know right. what I'm saying? And not that there was no welcome back. This was a, oh, bah, don't remember, don't forget, everything sucks. And <laughs> it was, it, it all felt like, I knew where everyone was coming up from. Amos wants mm -hmm. out. Do you know what I'm saying? Like he's just he's couldn't say it more plainly. I want out. Yeah. You know, I don't want to do this anymore. Um, Naomi is you know suffering through her PTSD, and Holden is so into his duty that he's sort of checked out in his role as head of the family. You know what I mean? And the whole thing was just like, oh, I get enough dysfunctional family at home. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and again, it was really good. And that was really yeah. compelling. And it mm -hmm. makes me really want to see, you know, how does this fix itself, you know? Yeah. And I'm really looking forward to a reckoning between any other member of the crew than Amos and Clarissa Mao, mm -hmm. you know? Um, I don't feel right calling her Peaches. That's Amos's name for her. I think, you know, I, I'm <laughs> I said Peaches because I forgot her name in the moment. Uh, no. so that's looking, why I said Peaches just you, now. Yeah, you just look at yeah. your Zoom Zoom screen there. No, yeah. I was like, I and that was just it. You <laughs> threw me off, Claire, because I was like, isn't her name Claire? Or no, that's Claire's name. That's not her name. So that's why I was like, oh, it's. Ju I'm just gonna say Peaches. We all know who we're talking about. The joy I, the joy I take in being able to just like pretend that I'm part of the Rosie family, just because my name, I can hear my name being said mm -hmm. on the ship every once in a while, is huge. I love it. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't take much for me to. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I was basically with. I mean, everything you guys have said you felt I felt I I personally felt the lack of the character just in uh just the heart of it you know that character you know just yeah he was always uh, like the he was always like let's look on the bright side yeah you know, exactly like, exactly you didn't yeah. have that voice to kind of balance out the kind of darker aspects of all the other crew members mm -hmm, in yeah. this episode so from a storytelling point of view it, it was uh, a really interesting dynamic to kind of fall back into uh just mm -hmm. kind of literally feeling the loss of that character um we would we would in that initial you know action scene on the rosinante we would have been hearing alex's you know like kind of whoops of yeah like the glee that yeah. he felt mm -hmm. while he was you know one with the rosinante while he was doing right. things yeah. and that 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 was and he'd be just, talking to her you know? yeah yeah really specifically lacking yeah. in that scene um boy the tension in that Every, scene was everything's a chore right now for them like literally yeah, yeah. everything is uh there's no joy mm -hmm. in the success of their mission it's just mm -hmm. a chore. all of that space cowboy energy yeah yeah mm -hmm. yeah well and, uh, yeah and <laughs> justin justin said that that holden's having you know a hard time being the head of the family well how can you do that when the heart of the family which mm -hmm. is alex mm -hmm. has just kind of been ripped out of 
yeah. the chest yeah. of the everything. Well, well, we're not completely done with space cowboy energy because we've got Marco and Naros to fill that role. Uh, so let's look at- He doesn't deserve at... <laughs> to be called a space cowboy, no. first of all. No, no. Well, he's wearing the black hat. Uh, but we can, can, we can all certainly too. hope he's going to get canceled. <laughs> oh! <laughs> so, so let's look oh, at the- <laughs> so wow. let's look at the flip side of this. The savage, Anaros fan. Justin. Savage. <laughs> we've, we've got uh, the Anaros just fan. Just a touch. <laughs> <laughs> it, anyway. it was a little mean. I apologize. I yeah. apologize. <laughs> You're not wrong. No, no. I mean, yeah. There's a there's a reason why that character's gone. Um, so while Marcos is giving rousing speeches, backlit by radiant light. Um, and what a scene that was. Jesus Christ. Uh, he's letting Philip slide into chaos, proving narcissism and manipulation may not be the glue that binds a family together. Um, so the, fo- the show focuses really on Philip in this episode. So let's use him as a jumping off point. Uh, Justin, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll jump in with you here with uh, Philip and fam. Uh, well, I will say the show did a really wonderful job in this episode of making me really empathize for a massive asshole. Mm-hmm. And that's Philip, you know? I mean, Philip is just a shitbird in this episode. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, he d- the only redeeming quality that he has is that you know he's doing this because he's an incredible pain, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I do feel this powerful pity for him like sympathy is not even the right word it's pity you know i pity him Mm -hmm. um and yet you know i still kind of also hope he gets what's coming to him you know um and damn kelly sue for just before we started recording for asking what philip's friend's name was because i've scoured the internet and i can find nothing you know every recap i said have i found says and Philip shoots his best friend, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, so, you know, um, I mean, it's, uh, it, in my opinion, in great stories, when a character commits, you know, sort of unjustifiable murder, no matter how much you, ha- you pity him, that character has to pay before the story is told. And this is, you know, I think that was a really great way to remind us, oh yeah, Philip is partially responsible for the deaths of millions and millions and millions of people. And you may feel bad for him, but it's hard not to think this is a heavy foreshadowing that he is going to get what's coming to him, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Lisa? Yeah. Or Um, Yeah. Um... Yeah, I mean, I everything Justin said about Philip is true. It was hard to watch mm. um, all of the Philip stuff because, you know, it, it you do know what happened to him. You know, like we know the answer to that question: what happened to you? And so we know why he's acting out this way and why he's like feeling like this is what he's supposed to be doing or whatever. Um. But yeah, I mean, how is it, it, it's, how is it watchable? (laughs) It's really hard to watch someone really spiral out like this. Um, But I will say that it's like, you know, 
again, it's like, yeah, so there's a, there's a reckoning that, you know, you expect, but you also, you know, I definitely want to see the redemption for him, um, in the form of Marco getting his comeuppance because fuck that guy, like so much, like I hate him so much. He's such a great villain because he's so, oh yeah. It's so, (laughs) you know, you you watch Philip and you think, boy, this kid needs a parent. And Mm -hmm. so that really makes Marco really, quote unquote, shine all the more every moment he's on camera. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I thought they were, I found, just to add to the Philip discussion, um, I found the, they were so intentional with, bringing us back to Philip in that kind of a sex scene. Mm-hmm. Yes, they were. Um, because they could have reintroduced us to his dysfunction in any way. Mm-hmm. Right. But it was so clear and so pointed. Um, no lines were needed for us to know, like he's in a bad way. Um And I appreciated that because, you know, sex scenes are just sort of like tossed in pretty fast and loose. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Um, But the way that it was shot and the way that it went down, the fact that, you know, there were no, like, no one was naked. No one was really vulnerable. It was very much just about him. I really appreciated that. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. There's something very animalistic about uh, that scene. Uh, that he's just kind of playing with his uh, like he he's he's he all humanity is kind of stripped away, and he's just a yeah animal right now. Um, Claire, what do you what do you think? Of? Well, before I talk about Philip, I just need to put give props to um, the stylist on the show who decided to make Marco look like prince getting ready to give a concert and when he steps up on that cargo con- container his hair is just gloriously quaffed off to one side and he's got a jumpsuit on with a high collar i mean it 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 is so prince energy it's amazing if he had done a little air guitar in the middle of that it would not have felt out of place at all and that was exactly how i want to feel about marco talking about anything that he's doing you are and then really, after that they cut to really him pushing my buttons they cut to him with the man bun and then you remember oh, yeah. the man bun yeah yeah oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah right my my son has grown is growing his hair out and he wears it in a ponytail slash like little thing in the the low down you know at the nape of his mm-hmm. neck and in that when that uh moment she, as we were watching the show happened i turned i'm like this is the man buns bad this is why i mean I just <laughs> imprint into your brain why man buns are bad don't be Think a marco of, don't be a marco in our it was amazing i the, never wore a man bun no, she was referring to when I'm, his hair was kidding. down. Yeah, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm just yes, kidding. Yes. I'm just kidding. Yes. Oh Lord. Um, but yeah, the 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 ease with which the show brings us to the point, like we, we don't get 10 minutes into the show before we see Philip being disillusioned. 
yet again by what his father is has promised but is now not delivering at all like it's the and to be a kid at, of that age and be brought up in that kind of narcissistic environment is I can't, I can only imagine that it, you know, everything that you are and all of the love and support and um, security that you feel is tied into that person's, that narcissist's claims of how the world works. Mm -hmm. And when, for this kid to have the moment where they're like, oh yeah, my parent is just another, is just a person, right? We all have those moments growing up. For Philip, it is, it is like an atomic bomb and right. It's, that's a, a very purposeful metaphor because he's, he's not going to recover from this moment, it, no matter what happens to him, this moment in his life is going to dictate every single moment that follows it. And Naomi knew that. And it's one of, I think, the most poignant moments in the series and in the books as well, the way it's, you know, it's another moment where they just pulled it straight from the book, her talking to him in the last season and telling him, you know, when when you're, you're going to feel this, you're going, there's going to be a point at which this becomes real to you. And I'll still be, a, and she's basically saying, I'll still be a mother to you that the enormity of that grace. And I get it as a mother. Like if I, I think, I think if my child did something heinous, I would still say, I will be there for you as a mother. I don't know what that looks like. And I don't, I'm sure Naomi doesn't, right? Like, what do you do? And she's feeling part of that. I mean, I can't even imagine what Naomi's feeling at this point. It just, there's so much, there's so well, much. And, also, and yes. All to your point, Claire, that again, before I was interrupted by my own son, <laughs> um, hey, going back to that sex scene and how so much of all of that is in there is that you get like, oh, he's got the influence of Marco, but you also see the absence of mama. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that's a huge part of, I, I feel like that was so palpable in Philip's whole arc in this episode, yes. which is heartbreaking Yeah, yeah. because you feel the absence for Naomi too. Mm -hmm. Well, and right. I think Philip is also starting to recognize that part of the the dynamic of his relationship with his father is that his father is always using the person that Marco is closest to, has pulled closest to himself. He uses that person to prop himself up. He's he is he is using the relationship of father and son as a way to, to say, oh, look how much better I am. Um, because I'm always going to point out and highlight the failings of my son or whoever else it might be. Right. You feel that so much in this episode. I'm always amazed by how much they can pack of the story that they can pack into like yeah. 10 minutes of showtime. Yeah. It, yeah. It, maybe. Yeah. You, you, yeah. I mean, and you definitely really in this impressive. episode get the sense that, uh, 
Philip is starting to understand that he'll never have the same sort of control over people that his father does. So he's looking for control and, and power over anybody that he can in any way that he can. And I think that's like every aspect of this character is literally just falling apart in front of our eyes. Like everything that he thought he could be or be like to, to, to who he chose to go with or um, is, is not there. It's like a, it's like a mist kind of just slipping through his fingers. Um, so he's a really interesting character. Uh, really well performed too. Like this, yeah. this I gotta say like, and it. you know, I'm a huge fan of the books. Um, but I think that the TV shows characterization of Philip is better than the books. I feel like, I feel it more deeply. Interesting. Than uh, me in too. Mm-hmm. Me too. I have, I've, I've had the same experience and I, I mean, it's, maybe the smallest part of things, but it really, really makes a difference that he, this, that the actor, Josiah Chase Owens looks like he could be Naomi's son. Sure. Like they, I mean, that he physically resembles Dominique Tipper in, in a way that is believable and heartbreaking, you know, mm-hmm. it's yeah. just yeah. like the cherry totally. on the Sunday, you know? Well, and he's, yeah, and I think it's key that he's less um, wordy. He's he doesn't he's not as conversational. I think is part of it um, mm-hmm. in the show than he is in the book. Like you really hear his voice, and he's. I, I think having making the decision to have him be a fairly you know he, he's juxtaposed with his his best friend name to be discovered at some point um <laughs> maybe maybe, maybe uh, clearly on his whatever like you know uh memorial um it he you know he's got this friend who is just a braggart and ch- and talking all the time about just stuff he knows nothing about and i like that juxtaposition because it does add that level of introspection and like just dourness that that i think helps philip yeah 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 um well we're gonna we're gonna jump to a break real quick um we're gonna have a message or two here for y'all and uh we'll be back with some more uh discussion of the expanse All right, everybody. Uh, thank you for joining us again. We're back and we've got a, a special report from Justin Peniston. Uh, Justin? A special investigative. <laughs> yeah, yes. Listeners, you will never know how long that break was, but <laughs> I spent a great deal of time while we were away scouring the interwebs to find the name of Philip's best friend and wingman. And I have y- nailed it down. His name is Yoan. 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 Yeah. Which sounds douchebaggy enough <laughs> yeah, right. to be yes. very appropriate for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 He doesn't even get a last Yoan. name. Just what's up, Yoan? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you for that, Justin. Uh, yes, very you. much. You, you, for that uh, hard news. work. <laughs> yep. This episode feels complete now, actually. Uh, <laughs> uh, so we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna jump in here to Avasarala and Bobby Draper. Um, a lot of what we get on this end is exposition and a healthy dose of wonderful F-bombs from that beautiful, beautiful voice. Oh. Um, she's amazing. Uh, our, our, our favorite documentarian, Monica Stewart, 
steps in for a moment and she tells Bobby that she's a terrible liar. That's why she likes her so much. Uh, usually the exact opposite of what a politician needs and what a Vassarol has always kept close to her side until now. So why, why do we think uh, she keeps Bobby around at this point? Uh, does the show change in Avasarala? Um, how do we feel about this dynamic in the show right now? Uh, Claire, how are you feeling? Well, it's comforting to have Bobby Draper around, it's especially Chrissy, mm -hmm. um, which is what I'm going to call her because that's just who she is to me now. Um, it she's, you know, this is the woman who saved her life. She's lost everything. I get it, but it certainly doesn't feel like the right tactical move. You know, like I think in, <laughs> I think in Vassarello's head, she's thinking, oh yeah, I should, I should definitely not have Bobby. Like she's not being used right. This is not how, this is not the best use of her skills. You can only assume that she understands that on some level and is keeping her around um, for very personal reasons, I would expect. But I also, once again, before I get too far into this, need to shout out to stylists again. The, the hairstylists in this show are just so amazing. Bobby, you know, Bobby, nobody does Bobby's hair for her. Nobody comes into Bobby's room and does that updo thing. And it's slick, slick down and it's, and it, there's the bun thing going on up there. She gets up every morning and she does that. And she's looking good. She is looking on, like she is taking this position seriously. She needs to look good and together. She's second. She's like following Christian Avasarala around. Right. And like, speaking to reporters for her and she knows what she needs to do bless her heart um yeah that's you know bob bobby's all of bobby's uh skill and and dedication and loyalty is wrapped up in her hair in this episode and it's well you know it's quaffed. she i mean vasarala even makes the point of calling her a marine referring mm -hmm. to her as a marine in the episode yeah. and Bobby's hair is, you know, the woman's version of a high and tight. You know, it is, you know, it is designed to look relatively neat while staying the hell out of her way. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And and I love that. And I really, I'm so glad that you mentioned hair styling because the Vassarala's hair is different. You yeah. know, she, mm -hmm. she cut her hair and yeah. that was a choice made by Shorea Ashtaglu, because she was like, look, when people go through things, when women go through things, the way that this woman has gone through things, they often choose to cut their hair, to let things go, to start anew, mm -hmm. to, and... And yeah. Kelly Sue's just pointing at her, her lovely hair cut. style. Do we uh, call it a pixie cut? <laughs> yeah, yes, it is a pixie cut. There we go. So I identify with that, Justin. Thank you. Yeah, I've been there, been there myself. I well, once shaved off my head after 22 years uh, to freaking you know get rid of some of the de death and divorce that had happened in my life. So I no, I feel that, mm -hmm. and I love that she made this decision. She went to Noreen and Ty and Daniel and said, "This is what I want to do," and they were like, "Why?" And she said, "This is why." And they said. You're absolutely right. Do it, you mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. and that relatively natural progression of events 
is how you wish everything happened on every show. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Truly collaboratively, you know, with investment by everyone. And that's, that's one of the things, I mean, it's a, you know, just Claire bringing that up just really just hit me right where I live. It does, uh, it does feel like you can like picture a, a moment where she's greeting really like harshly and she just, you know, chops it off. And it, it that kind of symbolism about like the grieving process is amazing. Now, I do think Avasarala is the kind of person to make the most of every decision if she can. And I think there's no doubt in my mind that she has Bobby with her as a stand-in for the family that she's basically lost. Her son yeah. is dead. Her husband is yeah. dead. Who knows what happened to her daughter and her grandchildren? If they're alive, they're either sequestered or they are estranged. You know, um, both both make sense. Yeah. And so there is this element of you are now my stand-in family, but there's also the element of at some point. I know I'm going to need to do make a decision, you know, that requires action. And so I want my best gun at my hip and that's Bobby Draper, you know? So I think, I don't think she's keeping Bobby around because Bobby makes an excellent aide de camp. I don't think that's what it is. (laughs) I think she's keeping Bobby around because she knows eventually she's going to have to, you know, resort to making a military decision on her own. Mm -hmm. Um, that? But I, I also like what, I mean, like what Claire was saying about the kind of like the personal aspect of it and like what you're saying, Justin, about family. It's like, I, I, they, I mean, they have lots of shared trauma as families do. (laughs) And, um, I, 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 I mean, like, yeah, on its surface, I think that, yeah, it's like, I'm, I'm keeping Bobby around for this very practical purpose that I can use her as a weapon at some point. Um, but I also kind of think like, because of all of this loss, it's like, she can have Bobby for this time. And I think that she even knows that she's not going to have Bobby around forever. She knows that this isn't Bobby's you know, purpose. This isn't where Bobby is finding her own use. Um, And so I think there's almost like an appreciation of this time that we're going to have together before you leave me. Like I absolutely agree with that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I just think that the thing about both Bobby and Avasarala is that neither of them will ever let their emotional needs Oh, come yeah. before the way they yeah. perceive their duties. You right. know? And that's, yeah. right. I think that's a key to but why think, they make good family. Yeah. They're, yeah. But they, yeah and but I think there's, there's an unconscious though. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, she's not consciously doing this. Like, oh, I'm going to keep, she's not conscious of the fact that she's keeping Bobby around because of this family dynamic. Right. Uh, absolutely. I think it's, that it's an it's unconscious thing down she's deep. doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kelly Sue? Um, I mean, I agree with <clears throat> what everyone that said, um, and I don't know if I may be uh, repeating, but this is what I appreciate and what I see so much in their relationship is that um, Bobby is the one person that um, that Avasarala can kind of trust to not bullshit her or to not take advantage of her in any way or try to take advantage of her in any way. You know, Bobby's transmission with Avasarala is always pure. 
you know, this is going to get you killed. This is stupid. Like kind of like the reporter says, like, you're a terrible liar. And she is right. <laughs> because she has so much honor. Um, and um, I think that's one of the reasons why Avasarala, aside from like the shared trauma that they've gone through together, um, that's definitely why she keeps her around and to bring her out of zero gravity, obviously. Yeah, which was a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful moment, right? <laughs> it, it, well, it, it's interesting because I think that zero G moment sort of echoes what Claire and Lisa were especially saying. You know what I mean? That she is sort of suspended in this time. She's taking the time that she can have, you know, and that's a really good metaphor for it, you know? And she feels comfortable enough letting herself be on the float by herself, knowing that Bobby's going to come in and take care of, like she put herself in a position she can't get out of in that scene, but she knows Bobby's going to be there to gently pull her down by there's there's something yes. when, when you work in as, a, as an assistant for someone uh closely like in their life and in their business and everything there is a certain level of familiarity you pick up and, and kind of uh you just become kind of like one half of the other essentially it's it's a very close relationship you take on and i i get that sense from the two of them uh when they're together uh more so than i can't remember the other character's name that sacrificed himself her, her last sort of uh um, assistant, uh, got, he got the proto molecule and he blew up the ship. Oh, um, right. What's his name? Oh, um, it's not coming to me now. Justin is the special investigator. Uh, uh, <laughs> I can't think of it. Too many can't, seasons ago. I can't think of it. Yeah. Too many, <laughs> too many I keep thinking ago. it's Cortazar yeah. and it's not Cortazar. Yeah, it's too many um, seasons ago for me. Um, I'm like, your it. sacrifice <laughs> was in vain. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. Uh, but, uh, you know, there, there is a, there is that familiarity between these two characters uh, that I uh, that I can see like in the way they're performing it, and that feels very real and natural to me to the uh, situations that I've been in, um, uh, where where working for someone starts to feel like you're part of like you are a family with them um, because you're so closely tied with every moment of their life, kind of like uh, you know Bruce Wayne and Alfred uh, a little bit. There's that kind of family element, right? Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it's really cool. So I agree with everything everybody has said so far about this. Um, and, and I think that means we will move on. Um, Cody R. We were Cody talking R. about Cody R. Cody R. Thank you. Thank Cody you. R. Played by Nick E. Tarabay. Yeah. Sorry, Nick. Mm -hmm. uh, that was, you did a great job when you were, when you were around with us. He, he was poorly named. That's not a memorable yeah. name. Yeah. So yeah. Cody you know, R. Yeah. No, yeah. no hate. It sounds you know. like Cortazar. Yeah. Yes, yeah, it does, does sound like Cortazar. It does. It does. Mm -hmm. There you go. Um, we're gonna we're gonna dip our toes back into a, a feature that we had uh, in our prior podcast over at Fanbase Press, because characters aren't always gonna make it to the end of an episode. This is our in memoriam, uh, Kelly Sue. Oh man, 
I mean, it's the first episode. So there wasn't, I mean, there was a point when we were doing this where there were so many deaths. <laughs> <laughs> so there's not too many yet, but I have a feeling. Well, in we were also doing like a half season gonna... at a time previously. That's true. So That's this true. is we episode. Doing like six episodes so, yeah, at a time. Yeah. yeah. Um, so in this one episode, we have our little sunbird, probably. Maybe. Who maybe potentially perishes in the very beginning. Um, millions on earth and counting so millions yeah. of people yeah we finally got that um, number yeah as a result yeah. of all the meteors caused by uh marco and just the earth's atmosphere too what a bitch yeah the atmosphere mm. the food it's causing a real real problem cascade well, um, so she straight up says that, through winter you know yeah, yeah, yeah. um let's see the crew of two free navy ships shot down by the rosie bye yeah <laughs> see, ya. see ya i mean r.i.p but also not really um, <laughs> can i also say in that scene the hold thing on, that really hold on hold on hold on hold on Oh. Can I just say yeah. that the thing that really stuck out to me in that scene was I had no idea who was flying the Rossi at the time. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like they, yeah. they like they showed everybody. They didn't show mm -hmm. Clarissa, but they showed the other mm -hmm. three. They showed mm -hmm. Holden, Naomi, and Amos, and none of them were flying. Yeah. And you know, but they were in the middle of combat, so something yeah. had to be, it was very like to me. It spoke volumes about the absence in their lives. Like yeah. that was a really cool, smart way to open things and to say, like, I mean, it was using negative space. You yeah, know, in a very it really real was, sense, mm -hmm. you know, it really was. Um, muted. Oh, there you are. Now, can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay, yes. Cool. So a random vessel destroyed by Kamina Drummer. Um, and I mean, the I think we can also say an RIP to Drummer's family, which is kind of falling apart yeah. sort of before our yeah. eyes. It yeah. was already, but even more so, um, yeah. which broke my heart for her because man, it mm -hmm. is not for lack of her trying. No. Oh, I know. And poor Michio, like Michio, like doing the whole like, oh, I'm gonna like press this button. I'm gonna press this button here, <laughs> and I was like, oh my god, if you focus too hard on that button, you're gonna push the wrong fucking button. And she fucking did. And, and yeah. I was like, did. oh, Michio, yeah. sorry, <laughs> you're getting the, the ticket lovely... back to the station. Yeah, but the oh, loveliness man. and the grace that they they took care of that situation with yeah. was mm -hmm. it, and it made it even just that much more difficult and painful and it yeah that's it was a lovely moment it really was it really was as yeah. well really did, was so did everyone watch the the video after the episode no no, no. there's a video there after was the episode one. that follows up with drummer and michio and <gasps> oh oh what? there's yeah. like a post credit scene or something okay. sort of like it, it it after the as the credits were rolling i got something that said you know push up for bonus content and oh. and it's it, it so every episode i think the first five episodes i think are each gonna have a bonus short attached wow oh i had okay. no, idea. no idea yeah so Excellent. and this this little short cool. was it, it was set after the events of the episode because michio makes a point of saying i'm not going to be with you guys much longer you know huh. um but it's not a huge spoiler like it's not it's not event driven. It's very character driven. Yeah. Wow. wow. Okay. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. We'll go back Lots and watch that and make sure yeah. we watch all of the other <clears throat> bonus content for anybody listening who didn't know. Yeah. 
there's extra content. Don't forget to watch it. Yeah. Watch that bonus content. I, uh, I also, you know, we, we have Philip's wingman who is Yoan, um, giving us the most shocked looks since Mikey liked life cereal. Come on, you guys. The Whoever old... wrote, you write that film? I did. Yeah. You wrote that because maybe I'm just aging myself, but I was like, fuck yeah. Thank you. <laughs> no. Thank you. Maybe I'm aging he, myself too because Mikey he likes amazing. life cereal. He, he likes it. Hey, he likes it. Hey, Mikey. Mikey likes it. We, we, the older. It's a totally. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Thank you. Wow. Thank well, you so much. It's not that I don't okay. know exactly what you're talking about. It's just a little bit of a different energy for an in memoriam. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I, I am. Yeah, I, I am also old enough to remember Mikey yeah. likes it, but I same. I was like, wow, what a yeah. What, I, a, because what an Yohan, correlation to me. Yohan, um, that Yohan look, did not like this. No. Well, that no. look on his not. face of shock was like... Uh, it was perfect. Yeah. Okay, I, um, I just want to say... Yohan did not like it. No. Yeah. That little bit of writing was so on point that I thought Kelly Sue had done it. So that's as high praise as I can give you. <laughs> oh, thank you. I wow. appreciate that. Thank you. I wow. Have, two compliments I, in I, one. How I, about I, that? I, I, I have it in me. I just don't, uh, don't use it often uh, around here for whatever <laughs> oh. reason. Um, And I I also want to say, before we wrap up in memoriam, I do want to give an RIP and some of this memory giving to the final shreds of Philip's innocence. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Because I think that we just saw the end of it. Yeah. In this episode with him killing his friend. Yeah. I think oh, I have I think an addition to he the was end. hanging on by a thread. I'm going to mm-hmm. see Claire and if we're going to say what my addition is. To this. I have an addition yeah. too, so we'll see. We may yeah. all have the same addition. Maybe I I we might all have the same addition. What is it? I think, what is I think it? there's an addition, oh, and I I think we all need to confirm it for each other because I think we were all like, Should we Wait say a it three, two, one? Uh-huh. Three, two, one. Anderson, Anderson Dawes. Dawes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Off camera. I remember that. Yeah. 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 It was Which, off camera. Like I paused it. I paused the episode. And oh I'm like, God. did I just hear what I think I heard him say? Like yes. it is, it is like he doesn't even say his full name. He just says Dawes. Yeah. yeah. I am so mad that I didn't say it. I was like, they're they're gonna say something smarter and like way more like obscure <laughs> than me. I should have said it. No, I because I was like, I'm sure we're all thinking it because I had the same reaction when he said I killed Dawes because I was tired yeah. of him talking or whatever. Yeah. I was like, okay. Ooh. Like I thought that I hated you enough already, yeah. but apparently I found a whole new level of hatred for you because how dare you kill off the beautiful Anderson yeah. Dawes, yeah. played by our yes. favorite Jared Harris. Yeah, Jared. Yeah, killing Jared Harris is a crime against so yeah, humanity. Like, R- is, like he hasn't already done crimes against humanity. I'm picking killing Anderson Dawes out as a crime against or, you know, or Jared <laughs> yeah. Harris. As his crime against humanity, which is such an uh, overblown, yeah. You can blame Jared Harris for having two packed a schedule. Uh, that boy uh, could not get him back on the show. Um, but it, you know, it worked. It, it makes yeah, sense. They yeah, used it, it did. to make us yeah. hate, you know, yeah. Marco and Aros that yeah. much more. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. We Absolutely. all noted it. Yeah. yeah. And if anybody could help him with like logistics around, like you could have taken Anderson Dawes and just made him be in charge of getting food to people in the belt mm-hmm. and making you look good about that. 
but he yeah. can't even do that. He's such an asshole. He can't even yeah. do that. Can't let anybody else have credits for <sighs> anything good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, on on. <laughs> thank you, Kelly Sue, for that in memoriam. Uh, we're gonna get our one node, one uh, word reactions ish. Usually, it's one word. Sometimes it's not. Uh, that episode was Justin. Gut wrenching. That episode was Lisa. Exciting. Claire, that episode was fucking bleak. That's two words. Yeah, so that, that works. works that works though. So. Um, we'll get Kelly. We'll get Kelly Sue here in a second. Oh, uh, Kelly Sue. Know. That episode that was episode was a bummer. <laughs> uh, that for me, that episode was a welcome return. Because uh, uh, let me let me tell you, when Shoray Agdashlu gives that speech at the end, I was like, "Here we fucking go." You give that speech. I know. I, I was, was like, like, "Yes." Yeah, that, that kind of like outro as they're yeah. going to like yeah. this place where they can finally like make a real fucking difference. Yeah. Instead of just like swatting at things like, yeah. no, we're going to like go to the source here. And they're all like, you know, built yeah. in to like do it <laughs> yeah. as she's like saying this. And I was like, oh, man, I'm so mad. I can't watch the next episode yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Right. And I'd rather be with the crew of the Rossi on a bad day than my own life on a good day sometimes so <laughs> <Yikes>. these days <laughs> so, Are you so, okay, though? <laughs> for the most part yeah for the most part uh, <laughs> no, he it means was, a was day good. when the he it means a bad day on the rossi when they're like low on coffee bad day yeah not, right, right. Uh, yeah not yeah. uh low on pilot, torpedoes our bad pilot day. is dead and we hate each other yeah yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> Claire, what's your recommendation? What do we got? <laughs> um, well, I'm going to recommend something that I, I have a, a bad sense that I probably recommended before on the show, but I don't care. Yeah. I'm going to recommend it again um, just because I'm also I'm happy right now that The Expanse is back, but I'm also happy that the Netflix series Lost in Space mm. is back. Um, I think Lost in Space is a... Is, is a perfect show for people who, you know, enjoy the expanse, um, and want something that carries a lot of the, um, you know, the, the themes and, uh, story content that we get, we enjoy in the expanse. It is, you know, of course it's, it's about a family on a ship and that, that ship being a home to them. Um, it's about stepping out into the unknowns of the universe and not knowing where you're going to end up and trying to survive, you know, put, you know, it's about a group of people who are trying to establish a foothold for survival. Um, and it, it's a show that has, I think, like the Expanse TV series, gotten better with every episode that and season that they've done. Um, and just as fucking brilliant visually, it is some of the best um, science fiction uh, traveling around in space visuals that you can find on television. Absolutely. Um, so I have not started watching season three yet. And I think this is the final season, but I'm remembering too. news from yeah. like two years ago. Um, but still, um, I'm I'm very excited for it. So awesome! You have not recommended that because I have not heard oh, you good. recommend that. So that's I have to go back. And interesting. I'll have two, to watch so, it. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds, sounds great. Um, the first season was outstanding. It's awesome. it's all really good. Yeah. Yeah. 
Awesome. Uh, thank you for that recommendation. Uh, so if you liked that recommendation, if you liked this conversation, be sure to like and subscribe to Popsicle on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, or wherever you collect podcasts. Tune in next, tune in to uh, uh, next week's That Episode Was, where we'll be discussing the second episode, Azure Dragon. Um, we're also currently releasing new episodes of Murder Husbands, our deep dive appreciation of Brian Fuller's Hannibal every Tuesday on the Tuesday. Um, follow at Popsicle Pod on social on all the social medias and visit our website, popsiclepod.com, where you can sign up for our newsletter and get all the latest news and announcements. Uh, that's Popsicle Pod, P-O-P-S-K-L-P-O-D. Until next time, oideng. This has been a Popsicle Podcast production.